So this morning in the homily, I said that um, kind of the theme for today is journey to joy. And there's lots of context in which the church uses that image of a journey or a pilgrimage. You know, like we talk about being a pilgrim people on earth in the Eucharistic prayer. And, and it harkens back to the Israelites when they were delivered from slavery in Egypt and and wandered in the desert for 40 years, or Abraham's journey to the promised land. And, and in a real way, there is that kind of journey that we make in our hearts and that journey that we make in our spiritual lives. And, and it is a journey towards joy. And, and this third week of Advent is set aside to focus on joy, and which is why starting tonight with the vigil mass will light the rose-colored candle and the priest will wear rose vestments this weekend because it's a sign of joy and rejoicing and and of being able to have a glimpse at the fact that we've arrived this third week of advent it can also be kind of a warning sign where we sort of realize wait we're halfway through the advent season and and maybe i don't feel like i've started yet or, or maybe it's kind of sneaking up on me. Or maybe, um, maybe I've just been a little bit disconnected and it's a good opportunity to refocus. And so, so again, there's three kind of themes that I want to hit on today. And, um, and there are really three ways of, of making those valleys raised up and the mountains made lower three ways of building that highway to our God. And, um, and those are healing, repentance, and forgiveness. You know, because, because oftentimes the obstacles to joy in our own hearts are the places that, that we've been hurt. And in our human lives, sometimes the hurts in our human lives, they get in the way of of truly being open to trusting, being open to trusting again. The reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 5. John writes, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem at the Sheep Gate a pool called in Hebrew Bethesda with five porticos. In these lay a large number of ill, blind, lame, and crippled. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had been ill for a long time, he said to him, do you want to be well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I am on my way, someone else gets down there before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your mat and walk. Immediately, the man became well, took up his mat and walked. And so this, like many healings in the gospel, you know, oftentimes as our Lord enters into the world and and at the beginning of his ministry in the gospel, according to John, there's, there's a lot of miracles that are worked and a lot of healings that happen. 
And, and healing happens when, when that moment of redemption enters into the wound. Right? When the moment of redemption enters into the wound, or when Jesus himself enters into the wound. And, and so there's this really important question that our Lord asks, and, and as, sort of, as we reflect on, on this scene... You know, this, this man has been sick for 38 years, right? For 38 years, he's been hanging around by the pools of Bethesda. And, and the pools of Bethesda were a place where there were springs under the ground, and the springs would sort of, like, like become active, and the water would get stirred up and, and kind of like, you know, a natural hot spring. And, and at that time when the water was stirred up, People believed that if they, if they made their way down and they got into the pool while the water was stirred up, that they would be healed. And, and so everybody's showing up there looking to be healed. And, and this person's been there for 38 years and wasn't ever healed. And I sort of imagine he's that after 38 years of, of never making it to the pool, there might be a temptation to give up. Like there might be a temptation to give up. And there might be a temptation to say, oh, well. There might be a temptation to say, it is what it is. There might be a temptation to say, yeah, like maybe that thing called joy, that's for everybody else, Father, but my vocation is to just suffer and be miserable for the rest of my life. You know, that's my special calling from God, right? That, that everybody else is going to be happy and I'm going to be unhappy. That's my special calling from God, um, which is craziness, but sometimes it goes on in our heads. And, and then Jesus comes into this place, and, and as Jesus is walking in this place, he sees all these different kinds of, of sick people and crippled people and blind people. And as he looks around this group of people, he notices that one. He notices him. And maybe he notices him in his discouragement. Or maybe he notices that... He's sort of adopted this oh well attitude. And our Lord goes to him and he says, Do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? And it really is such an important question Do you want to be well? <laughs> and I think about times in my life when when I was caught up in, in resentments or when I was caught up in, in sort of thinking about how people had hurt me and, and how beneficial it might have been for someone to just say to me, do you want to be well? Like, do you want to be free? Because you can be free. You know, you don't have to live in that for the rest of your life. You don't have to live in fear for the rest of your life. You don't have to live in anxiety for the rest of your life. You can be free. And so do you want to be well? And, and what I love about the, this person's response is that he doesn't sort of say, yes, finally. Like, he doesn't say yes. He simply speaks the truth about where he's at right now. 
He just speaks the truth about where he's at right now. You know, look, Lord, I want to be well, but I have nobody to help me. I have nobody. I'm all alone. Everybody else has like family members that are camped out and they carry them down there and they knock me over on their way. And I'm just sitting here by myself alone. And every time I go down to the pool, somebody else beats me down there. So he doesn't actually say yes. He just sort of describes where he's at right now. And the Lord says, rise, pick up your mat and walk. You know, rise, pick up your mat and walk. And he does. You know, and he does. And it's this person, Jesus, who just enters into his life and surprises him with his presence. And it happens when that person, Jesus, is invited into the honesty of our situations, right? Is invited into the honesty of our situations. And, and it's one of the most fundamental things in the spiritual life that so often we, we miss or it gets passed over is just the need to be radically honest with our Lord about everything. Right? To be radically honest with him. And, and healing happens when our Lord enters into that honest place where we were hurt. And we can be truthful about that. You know, and we can be truthful about that. And, and so, so when we think about it, or we kind of do an inventory, okay? So, so if healing is really important, what in my life might need to be healed? And, and some people have, you know, really dramatic, like, healing stories, and they might have, like, real problems, you know? Like real problems. Like sometimes, um, sometimes you know the topic of dysfunctional families come up, and and uh, and somebody will say to me, "Well, isn't every family dysfunctional?" And my answer to that is kind of like, "Well, there's like yes, every family is dysfunctional, but some families are just really dysfunctional." <laughs> you know, like not everybody has a family like my family, and my family's not the worst. But, but there are different degrees, you know, there are different degrees. And then sometimes we, we sort of can compare ourselves. And, and so a temptation that everyone can fall into is this, that, well, my problems aren't as bad as those other people's, therefore I don't need healing. Right? Like it wasn't that bad, right? It wasn't that bad. And or, or I'm afraid of admitting that I was hurt, right? I was af- I'm afraid of admitting I was hurt. I'm afraid I was admit- admitting I was hurt by my parents. Or I'm afraid I was admitting that I was hurt by this priest. Or I'm afraid that I was of admitting that I was hurt by, you know, a dear friend who betrayed me. And, and because it just doesn't seem as bad as the person who has, like, had serious, like, violations in their life. And, but the reality is that 
that all of us, right, all of us have had people fall short in our lives. All of us. Unless, I always say, like, unless you're, like, mom's name was Blessed Virgin Mary and your dad's name was St. Joseph, your parents fell short. There was something you needed that you didn't get. And, and when there's something that we needed that we didn't get, that's when, when we sort of develop these false belief systems like, well, it is what it is and I just have to like suffer through and, and I deserve this and, and, and things like that. Instead of just going to our Lord and saying, okay, what I needed and I didn't get, I need from you. I need from you. And, and so, so that means being honest to him with him about the circumstances of our lives. And, and so, like, there, there have been people in my life where I've been hurt. And, and, and so when praying about that, you know, like, I might think about somebody in particular who, um, who just I really needed them to be there for me at a certain time in my life when, you know, I was going through a hard time and, and my, my father was in hospice care at the time. And, and this is somebody that I, I really thought would show up and they didn't. And in fact, like, uh, like I, just, I just felt very much that, um, that I was on my own. And, and so I might just say to our Lord, like, Jesus, what do you remember about like that time in my life when my dad was when my dad was in hospice care and I just dropped him off in hospice care and, and I really needed the support. Of this particular person, you know, whether that's a brother priest or a family member. And then, and then I kind of use my imagination or use my memory and I, and I go back to that place wherever it was, where I felt abandoned or I felt uncared for. And then the next thing I might do is just to say, okay, Jesus, like, where were you? I need you to come and encounter me in that place. And, and what do you see when you look at me in this memory? And then I just look for our Lord and, and where is our Lord and what is our Lord like with me? And, and as I reflect on that, then I can see our Lord pretty clearly as he comes. And he sort of puts his hands on my face and he says, like, Sean, I'm really sorry for everything you're going through. And you don't have to go through this alone. And I will be here with you because I've always been here with you at every moment and every trial. And you can count on me. And as I hear our Lord give me what I needed from you know, those other people and he supplies what I needed, that sense of security or that sense of peace is restored. 
And it starts again from that position of honesty. It starts with me having to admit that I needed someone at that time, right? That I needed someone at that time because I can be as tempted as everybody else to say, no, I didn't need anybody. I was good. I'm a priest. Like I was good. But if I acknowledge that I needed someone, then I go to our Lord and then let our Lord meet my need. And just as he enters into the life of that man at the pool of Bethesda, and he gives him what he needed, and he takes this person whose legs don't work, and he allows their legs to work. He enters into our hearts, and he might take us where our trust muscle doesn't work, and he helps our trust muscle to work, or he helps our affect to work, or he helps like our ability to surrender, our ability to be loved. And it starts with allowing him to care for us in those places, in those difficult places. And it's just a way that I invite you to reflect on in this first hour is to just reflect on like where are the places that I need healing in my life? And, and if you have trouble coming up with some, then you might ask yourself, what are the things that I constantly say, like it is what it is? What are the things where I constantly say, well, it's good enough? Where am I sort of satisfied with mediocrity or satisfied with okay, but our Lord actually wants me to thrive. Our Lord actually wants me to have joy. Our Lord actually wants me to live life and live life abundantly. And as you ask the Holy Spirit to sort of guide you in in coming to know that, then just invite our Lord to be with you. Invite the Blessed Mother to be with you. And what is she like towards you? What is St. Joseph like towards you? And just see where the Spirit moves in your heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we just surrender the rest of this this time of prayer to you and and ask you to, to help us to see the places It's the places in our life that need healing. Kind of wherever the valleys are in our heart that need to be filled in. Help us to see you clearly. And as we come to you with the truth about ourselves. And the truth about our pain. We invite you to give us everything that we need and ask you to meet those needs in a way that goes far beyond what we ourselves can imagine. 